Hi, this is Pastor Don from Perry Hall Family Worship Center. I'm so glad that you joined into our service today. We are blessed that you are part of it. And you know, my prayer for you is this, that you will be blessed, you'll be encouraged, and most of all, you'll be challenged by the Word of God today. So just get ready and join into the services. Service has already begun. God bless you. God is so awesome. Well, we are in um, our part four of lesson in Ephesians, the book of Ephesians. And I tell you, it's so packed with uh, godly nuggets, if you will. And we're just touching base on a few of them. If you do have your Bible, open up to Ephesians. And we're in chapter one, but we're coming to the home stretch of that chapter. But today's message is called a lesson in prayer. A lesson in prayer. Now, I got to tell you something, and I, and I know you know this, but I'm going to just say it anyway. What a privilege and what an honor that we have to be able to connect to God. We, got, we can connect to God through prayer, through Jesus Christ. But I mean, it's easier than our cell phones. You know, we don't have to turn them on. We don't have to dial them. We can, we can just go and pray to God. We have that accessibility to him. Now, when you look at praying, praying has so many different points, if you will, different ways of praying. In the Bible, there's so many different examples how to pray. Uh, we see um, people praying throughout the Bible. We're praying. There's many different approaches on praying. You know, sometimes people pray on their knees. Sometimes they stand their hands up. Sometimes Pastor John's up here with his prayer team. Sometimes we're praying for other people. We have the, we have the prayer thing on the website. If you got a prayer request, you go to it, put it in there. It goes to the prayer team. So there's many different approaches, if you will, of praying. God doesn't make it all that hard. He makes it easy for us. But you know what? There's a right way to pray, pray, and there's a wrong way to pray. And we, uh, hopefully we learned that when we went through our fast back to 21 days. We were using the example out of Matthew where Jesus would say, when you pray, and he went through a couple of things, and he says, when you fast. And we were highlighting when you fast. God is expecting us to fast. He's expecting us to pray. But the point is, he says, when you pray, he's saying, don't be like these people. Don't be like the heathens. Don't, be, don't use repetition. He was, he was just saying, here's, here's the wrong way to pray. And here's the right way to pray. So even in our prayer time, we have different ways of praying. We want to make sure it's the right way. We want to make sure God's hearing our prayers. That's a whole nother sermon right there. But many times people are, are praying in a sense of going to a restaurant and sitting down and, and the waiter comes to them and they got the menu. And they say, you know what? I'll take a, I'll take a, a T-bone steak, medium rare. I'll take mashed potatoes. I'll take string beans. I'll take a salad, ranch dressing. I'll take a water. And can you kind of hurry up as well? Wait a second. I want to change that steak. I want to make a prime rib. You know, it's kind of like sometimes we go to God and like, like he's some type of short order cook. And then what we request, well, he's going to deliver it and he's going to deliver it fast. We have that sometimes, that mentality of, of we should just ask, you know, whatever we want and God's going to give us. Another way of praying is almost like going to a restaurant in one sense. I'm just making up these examples here. I know I can speak for Lisa and myself, and I'm confident I can speak for every single couple in this room. I'm just saying that. But many times we want to go out to lunch, dinner, whatever. But we don't know where we're going. Where do you want to go? I don't know. Where do you want to go? <laughs> right? Yeah. Right? 
So we're in the car. We still don't know where. I say, Lee, today's your day. You make a decision. No, it's your day. No, you make a decision. I said, okay, let's, let's do Italian. I don't want Italian. No way. I don't want Italian. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, everybody knows what I'm talking about. And I'll say, okay, well, what do you want, honey? What do you want? I don't know. What do you want? Whatever you want. So we end up getting a pizza. <laughs> but, you know, sometimes we think praying is like that as well. You know, we just, we can just go uh, when we want to go, where we want to go, you know, how we feel about it. We, I think sometimes we take praying a little bit uh, casual. When, man, we have a connection to the Almighty God. We have a connection to God Almighty. And, you know, we, we can't treat them, you know, like we would treat other people. <laughs> we think we pray right. We think God will answer. Even if we live a life of disobedience, we feel like God should still answer our prayers. I don't know why we think that, but we're going to see here shortly that God tells us to go a little deeper. But prayer has many different aspects. I was talking to my friend Mike the other day, and we were just talking, about, we weren't talking about the sermon, we got talking about praying, and he, he reminded me of something he read, and he says, if you only pray when you're in trouble, well then, you're in trouble. You're in trouble. And this, this is what happens. And I'm going to say this as a minister, as a pastor. I see it so many times. People are real sincere for praying when they need it. You know, there's a, there's a saying out there that there's no atheists in foxholes. Why is that? All of a sudden, they, they need God and they're crying out to God. But this is another aspect of how sometimes we pray. We get real serious when we're in a situation and we, we're, we're, we're crying out to God. You know, many people have what I would call a prayer life. Now, here's what I mean, a prayer life. Okay, well, I'm going to get up in the morning. I'm going to pray. I'll pray before dinner, before I eat breakfast, lunch, supper, whatever. And then I'll pray before I go to sleep. That's pretty cool. That's a, that's a prayer life. But let me tell you something. What's more important, we need to have a life of prayer. That we're praying throughout the day. Wherever we're at, we're praying. We can be praying, you know... Right now, we we can be praying when we're, you know, somewhere, wherever we may be. We're just always praying because this is our connection to God. I think that, and this is a personal thought, I think there's two things that are critical in the life of a Christian. Now, I'm saying critical. What do I mean by critical? I use this example. You know, I can, um, I can do without my arm, but I can't do without my heart physically. That's how critical I believe, uh, two things that are critical. One is praying, and one is reading the Word of God. Now, we say this so many times that we got to be reading the Bible. This is something we're going to continue to, the drum that we're going to continue to beat here, because again, we'll see it as we get started here. But we, we need to pray and read. See, when we pray, that's us talking to God. When we read His Word, that's Him talking to us. I mean, it's really that, that simple. It's just like any other type of relationship. You know what I'm saying? You know, I talk to Lisa. She hears. She talks to me. <laughs> yes, she's saying amen to that one. But really, you can see how the connection has to take place. Now, all joking to the side... If there wasn't that communication of given and taken, the relationship's going to, it's not, it's going to, it's going to fail. It's going to fail. I mean, it's that simple. 
You know, that's what, this is a, a, a marriage thing. Communication is, is, is the key. But even in saying that, I'll, I'll say this. Don't get upset if you don't hear from God or your prayers don't get answered when you want. You know, it's almost like we expect God to hear. Well, we're not really reading the word of God. We're not really living the life of God. But when we pray, we expect God to hear our prayers. Don't, don't get upset when, when nothing's happening. So let me keep moving on here. Paul, and this is important to remember, Paul is talking to the saints. Okay, we talked about that uh, when we started this, but Paul is talking to the saints. Now, it's important when you read the word of God, first of all, of who it's being written to or what it's being written about. Now, we see here in the very beginning, he was talking to the saints. Okay, remember we talked about saints. What is a saint? According to the word of God, saints are people that are alive, that are living, that made Jesus Christ Lord of their life. Now, we would always say this is the most important thing you will do in your life. It's not about a religious thing. It's not about going to church every Sunday and, and you know, giving to the poor. It's about making a commitment to Jesus Christ, Lord of your life. We, we have the opportunity after service, the prayer team's up here. But it's a time that you say, God, I'm a sinner. I ask for forgiveness, and you invite them in. Until you do that, you're not a saint. But when you do that, you're a saint. Now, we're going to start out here in chapter 1, verse 15. And we're going to take it to the home stretch here. I'll kind of go back and forth, as I always do here. But I just want to uh, go through some things here. You're going to see the excitement that Paul has for these Ephesians or these saints. Some people will say, well, he didn't really write to a certain uh, church, but he's writing to the saints, however you want to look at it, whether it's in Ephesus or, or not, or it's a group of churches. But here's what Paul was saying. He says, therefore, I, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. So what is he saying here? He's starting right out here. There's an excitement that's taking place. Now, me reading it wasn't real exciting. It was kind of dull. But as you go on, you're going to see he was excited about what has taken place in these saints. Now, there's two things that marks a Christian's life. Or I should say, that should be obvious in a Christian's life. And one of them is our faith. Now, Paul is, look, look, what, he's, look what it says here. After I heard of your faith. After I heard. Now, this is like at least secondhand. Someone else is telling him about the faith that's in these saints here. And he's excited about it. But this is something that marks the, the life of a Christian. Here's what I mean. Faith in our lives should be seen. Our faith in God should be seen. The Bible says faith without works is dead. So if people can't see your faith... We're missing out on something. Faith is an action word. It's something that should, you know, get us moving, change our lives. Some people should be able to see, hey, you're different than everybody else. Actions speak louder than words. We know that. Words are important, but people are watching how we, how we live our lives. Many people have a good talk, but their walk is not, is not honoring God. Second thing that marks the life of a Christian is their love for others. 
Notice what he says here. I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints. He doesn't say, hey, I noticed, I heard about your faith and I heard about your love for God. He doesn't even say that. He says, I noticed that you have love for the other saints, all the other saints, not just some of them, all of them. Now, that's, that's quite interesting, I think, because I was talking to someone just this morning and I said, Christians, I think it was this morning I was talking with them, Christians shoot their self. They're their worst enemies. Christians among Christians. We love to, we love to um, be critical to other Christians. We love to go after them. But Paul was saying here, I noticed, I heard about your love for all the saints. In 1 John, here's what the scripture says. If someone says, I love God, but hates a fellow believer, that person is a liar. Man, that's pretty bold. That's pretty, that's a strong statement right there. And that, who is he talking to? He's talking to the saints. He's talking to the church, the congregation. That's who he's talking to. And if we're saying, well, you know what? This person rubs me the wrong way. She stabbed me in the back. She's talking about me. He hurt my feelings. He did me wrong, whatever it may be. Well, we still have to love the person. Well, you don't know what this person was. God says here, you know, we need to, we need to love. That's hard to do. That is very hard to do. It's hard to do that and it's hard to forgive. And both of them, I believe, is it takes God to do it in our lives. But Paul is praying for the church. And take notice, because we're doing a lesson in praying. Take notice, he's praying why they're in good shape. He's excited about it. He's excited about what's taking place. He's heard their faith. He's heard their love for each other. And he's got an excitement for it. Now, verse 16, it says here, again, do, he did not cease in giving thanks for you, making mention in the prayers. He's praying for fellow believers. There's a lot there. It's, he's excited about it, what's taking place. But the prayer point is he's thanking the Lord for these saints. He's thanking the Lord for these saints. Let me keep going here. I believe as, I believe as leaders especially, but for all of us, we need to be praying for each other. We need to be praying for each other. We know how to pray for sinners. We know how to pray for people who need to know you. But, uh, but in this case, we got to be praying for other people just the same. Now, verse 17, it says, and he's going into this. Let me, let me stop for a second. He's explaining the prayer that he's praying for these guys. This is what I'm praying for you guys. This is how I'm praying, but this is what I'm praying. Then he gets into verse 17, um, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ the Father of glory may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Now, I want to stop there for a second. Paul is praying. He's not praying for, uh, for other things other than their relationship. You'll see this. He's talking about the relationship. I'm praying, man, so you get an understanding, that you get a knowledge, you get a revelation of him as you grow closer to him. Now, here's the point. Are we getting closer to God? Are we getting closer to God? Are we understanding him a little bit more? Are we relating to him a little bit more? Let me get to the next point here. And the next point is the spirit is it's saying here of knowledge of him is, is important because I want, and I know you do, I want God to will my life. I want God to will my life. There's no doubt about it. I want to know what he's calling me to do. I also want to know his power. 
I really want to know his power. Paul's going to talk about that here in a minute. But I want to understand what's his power that God is offering us. We have it. Many people don't know it. I want the wisdom that God has. You know, an interesting point with wisdom in James 1.5 says this. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally. Did you, do you see that? We need wisdom. And it says, ask God for it. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm not sure if we do that. You know, the phone rings, you know who it's going to be. God, give me wisdom. What am I supposed to say here? Give me wisdom in my finances. I need your help, God. Instead of me trying to figure it out, he says, go to him and he'll give it to us. I don't know how to handle this situation in my marriage. God, give me wisdom because what I have been doing hasn't worked. But God says, go to him, and he gives it to us. So it's a request that we have to make towards God. Now, it's also interesting about this revelation, revealing of God's word. Now, I see that when we read the word of God, God begins to reveal things to us. We can look at words. We can put words together. We can put sentences together, and we can see that. But as you continue to study the word of God, you begin to get a revelation. And God will start telling you different things, and, and you study things. And, and I got a revelation as, as, as I was studying something just yesterday. It's just, it's not a deal breaker, but it's incredible that I never really knew that, but it was in the word of God. But the point really is, is we should want to go deeper with God. And as we go deeper, he's going to promise to give us revelation. He's going to reveal things to us in our lives. The Christian life, we got to be centered about knowing God more, just knowing him more. Wherever you're at right now in your relationship with God, know more. Want to know more. Wherever you were two months ago, beginning of the year, I hope we're progressing. We're on this journey together. I hope we're moving forward, that we're learning and we're being, uh, a God is revealing things to us. Sometimes I like to say the nerve of someone who wants who wants uh, to know God but doesn't want to read his word or doesn't want to pray or a person who questions God and can't really say they have a life of, of reading the word of God or praying. They're missing out. But you want more understanding? You want more revelation? That comes in your growing in the Lord. Now, verse 18. The, the eyes of your understanding, this is what he's praying for. The eyes of your understanding be enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of his glory, of his inheritance in the saints. His inheritance in the saints. Okay, and it almost sounds like in one sense we're getting back to this little bit of predestination here. Maybe we are, but we're gonna, we're gonna skip over it. We already talked about that. But Paul, remember, he's talking to the saints. And as we grow in the Lord... We will get enlightened. We'll learn more. It's a process. Let me share something with you, the process that takes place. I can remember when I first got saved, my sister Rachel led me to the Lord. I started growing. You okay, Daniel? You okay? Okay. He, we, um, I was growing in the Lord. And, um, and it's like a journey. You know what I mean? I was, I was a youngster at the time, but it was a journey that I was, I was going through and I was progressing. I thought, you know, pretty well. And then I met Lisa. She sent me back a couple years, but, the, <laughs> but we got right on, we got, we got 
we got going on track 100 miles an hour and serving the Lord. But here's my point that I want to say is that when I first started out in this journey with the Lord, when I first started out with this journey in the Lord was, you know, you move on and you, you do some things that I would say this, even though I loved the Lord and had a relation and I was on this journey, I'll give you an example, like movies, music. There was music, there was movies that I watched growing in the Lord and that I would not allow my grandkids to watch today. I mean, let's be honest. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I'll just throw some out there, like the National Lampoon stuff. They, they had some funny stuff, but they would, and they, you know, there are some funny clips out there and things like that. But they would, they would always have them innuendos of sex, alcohol, smoking, being wild. They would always have that in there. Now, when I started out the journey, I didn't think it was all that bad because it wasn't like a, you know, a real, real, real bad movie. But as I went along, God enlightened me and, and you as well to realize, you know what? I got to get this stuff far away from me. I don't want my kids to see this. I don't want my grandkids to see this because this is not good stuff. So even in our journey, we should have some things getting further and further away in the rearview mirror. Whether it is movies, whether it is alcohol, smoking, what drugs, whatever it may be, we need to be getting this stuff behind us because this is a reflection of our journey. It's the eyes of our heart that we're opening up to. So, so you get the point here that Paul is praying for these guys to have an enlightenment, to have an understanding, to get a revelation, to grow closer and closer to God. Verse 19. Now, in verse 19, uh, Paul begins to give the credentials of Jesus, so to speak, and the power that he has as well. Now, in verse 19, he says, and what is and what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe according to the work of his mighty power, which he worked, verse 20, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand of the heavenly father of the heavenly places. Verse 21, far above all principalities and powers and might and dominion. And every name that is in the name, not only in this age, but also that which is to come. Now, what are we seeing here in these scriptures? We're seeing that, you know what? You and I have access to the power of Christ. We have that access. You know, we see here how Paul is bringing it out, how he's unfolding different points. But he's basically saying here that you have the power in Christ Jesus. And what power is it? That's the power that raised Jesus from the dead. <laughs> Resurrection Sunday. That's the power that seated Jesus next to, next to God Almighty. That's the power that's above principalities. What's principalities? That's the evilness of the world that's trying to attack us. We'll talk about that when we get in Ephesians 6, the last chapter. But we had this power in Christ. Now, when we look at these things, sometimes it's almost like we're missing out on something. We live a godly life. We live a Christian life, whatever. We see that we sometimes pray for the symptoms. Oh, this person has this problem going on. Let's, let's pray for this sickness. Let's pray for their finances. Let's pray for their marriage. When Paul is really going to the root cause, and the root cause is spiritual. And he's saying, strengthen yourself in this and know that you have this power. Power that is, that is provided by God. Now, let me, let me just finish up here. 
on these last two verses. Verse 22. And he, we go back and forth if you remember, he, speaking of God, put all things under his feet, under Jesus' feet, and gave him and gave Jesus to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Now, again, we see that Paul is not talking about material things. He's talking about spiritual things. He's, he's, he's given direction here. And I want to say this. When you, when you read them last couple verses, you have to realize the power that we have in Christ if Christ is in you. Okay, if Christ is not in you, you're, this, this message may be going over your head a little bit. But when you accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit, God himself, indwells in you. And I believe this. I'm, I'm, this is a statement here. I believe we underestimate the power of God. I believe that we overemphasize, if you will, the power of the devil. You know what I'm saying? What I'm saying? You know, we don't. We Paul was saying, "Look here, look what's going on here. You got the strength. You got the you got the backing. You got the support. You got the power that's in you. You don't have to live." defeated all the time we just got to tap into it we got to understand what the scripture is saying because that's for you and i john 14 12 says this most assuredly i say to you he who believes in me the works that i do he will do also and greater works and greater works so jesus did some awesome work he did a whole lot now, obviously, we're not going to be Jesus. And obviously, we see some things like, man, how am I going to get to that point? I don't know. But, you know, at least we can be on that journey to continue to grow closer to him. Ephesians, as I'm winding down here, Ephesians says it this way as well. Now, to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all things we ask or think, according to the power that works in us the power that works in us do we do we have a dimmer switch <laughs> you know what i mean are we not adjusting our dimmer switch right or we just kind of just got it on a little bit because god prom- we if you if you're reading the word of god he, he's promising us certain things and we're living a, a life of victory we should be living a life of victory in in, our, in all aspects but if we're going to live as beat up well, we're, we're going to stay beat up. If we're going to overemphasize the work of the devil, well, we're going to get beat up. If we're going to live in the, in the, in the realm of the, of the evilness or in the world of the evilness, in the environment of evil, well, we're going to miss out because, you know, some of this stuff just pulls us away from God. But remember, we're on a journey. And I want to say this. We can stand at this point here. I want to wrap up. Many of you here today are on a journey. And your journey is to know God more. That's why you're here today. You're here to know God more. So let me challenge you. As we go through Holy Week, know God more. (laughs) Know Him more. Let me challenge you a little bit more. I'll tell you how you you can grow closer this week. You heard it spoken at communion. But spend more time with God this week. Let me step over maybe a line. Maybe I'm just stepping over a line just a little bit. 
but don't take it the wrong way. Maybe a whole lot less TV this week. Maybe a, a, a bit more of reading the Word of God. Maybe a bit more of praying. Let me step over the line one more time. Maybe one more time. Maybe a lot less Facebook this week. You, you always hear me talk about Facebook. You know how I feel about it. It's good and it's bad. But Facebook, TV, sucks our time from us. It really does. So as we go through Holy Week, take this time to maybe put some of that stuff to the side and put more of God in your life. God will give you the revelation. He'll give you the understanding. And as you ask for wisdom, he'll give you the wisdom as well. So maybe, just maybe, God is speaking to someone today and saying, first of all, I don't really know what it means. I hear you being a saint, but I always thought saints are dead. No, saints are alive. It's too late once you die. It's too late. So if you're not a saint, let the prayer team pray with you. We're up here for a reason. They're up here for a reason to pray with you. Or you may be going through a struggle in your life. You may be going through a struggle of health, finances, or whatever it may be. Let the prayer team pray with you. I'm going to share this with you, and then I'm going to close. And this is what I want to share, is I pray for the church every day. Every single day I pray for the church. And let me tell you what I pray for. I pray for people to grow in the Lord, because the Lord wants us to grow deeper. God, the Bible says God wants us to prosper in spiritual things. That means to continue to move forward. And as we grow closer to God, we will recognize the sin behind us. And we'll get it further and further away. The Bible says sin separates us from God. So if we're living, and if we're, if we're on both sides of the line, well, that sin is keeping us away from God. There's a gap. It's getting bigger and bigger. Just maybe you need prayer for that. But that's what I pray for. I pray for, I pray for healings to take place in people's lives. I want to see miracles happen in people's lives. I mean, the real deal. I can pray for that. I can pray for that for every person. I want to pray for marriages to get healed. Marriages, sometimes they take a beating. The devil loves it. The love, the devil loves to beat on marriages. I'm not going to give in to the devil. I'm not going to give in to the devil on mental things, emotional things, physical things. I'm not going to give in to it on my personal life. But I pray that for each person here. I want to see people have victory in their lives. I want to see victory in their lives. That, that other people will see. That other people will see. Like Paul, Paul was amazed. Hey, I heard about this faith that you guys have. I heard about this love that you had. Well, let me tell you, here's what I'm praying. I mean, I'm, t- I'm praying for you to be, to get revelation. I'm praying for each and every one of us to get revelation. Because you know what? I can talk to I'm blue in the face. But it's until we grow closer to God that God gives us a revelation. Amen. So again, I challenge you. I encourage you. Spend some extra time with God this week. You figure out where to, where to shimmy it in. Or maybe shimmy some things out. But the prayer team's up here for prayer. And I'm going to close in prayer. Let's pray. Father God. I just come before you in the name of Jesus. 
Lord, I thank you for each person here, Lord. Father, I thank you for the people will be that'll be spending time with you this, this week in a special way. Lord, prepare us for Resurrection Sunday. Father, to, to a, a great day in the life of a Christian. And Father, I just pray for each and every one of us to be more spiritual today, this week, Lord, to grow closer to you today, this week, Lord. Father, I pray for you to reveal things to each and every one of us, just personally, in our own personal life, Lord. Father, that we would just draw closer and closer to you. Lord, I pray encouragement where there's discouragement right now, Father. Father, I pray encouragement. I pray blessings in people's lives. I pray financial blessings in Jesus' name. I pray physical blessings in Jesus' name. I pray marital blessings in Jesus' name. I pray for relations, relationship um, blessings in the name of Jesus, Lord. And Father, I pray that all of us just continue to draw closer and closer to you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Well, thank you again so much for tuning in. I hope you were blessed by the service, and I hope God was really speaking to you. Let me encourage you to go to the church website at perryhall.life and click on the Jesus link. This will tell you a little bit more about how to get that personal relationship with Jesus Christ to make him Lord and Savior of your life. Again, thank you so much for tuning in, and I hope you tune in next Sunday at 11 a.m. as well. Thank you, God bless you, and have a great day.